in this space, you're the expert. Plain and simple. It's like mm-hmm. in this space, you know more than he does. That's why he's coming to you. So don't look at it as, you know, oh, it's a professional athlete and you need to be nervous. Look at it as you're teaching someone the things you know on how to help them improve. And that's it. You are an amazing human being. You're a coach or expert who works hard to make a positive difference for your clients. I'm Joss Willard, and my mission is to help good coaches like you make great profits so you can live an amazing life helping the people you're meant to serve. This podcast is here to help with that. We'll be bringing you the information, resources, experts, and perspectives to allow your practice to make a difference, support the life you want, and reward you fairly and well for the impact that you bring. Welcome to Profit for Coaches. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of Profit for Coaches. I am your host, Joss Willard, and today I am stoked because we're talking with my buddy, Kenny Duso. Coach Kenny has been involved in the strength and conditioning industry for over half of his life. He started in high school as a student um, coaching powerlifting, and then when he was going through university, he trained so many school teams and individual sport athletes. And now he works with athletes of all ages and all levels, including professional football, hockey, boxing, mixed martial arts athletes. His whole life, really, Kenny has been a coach. He started Coach Do So Conditioning in 2019. He began hosting the Elite Development Podcast in 2020. And he finally opened his first elite performance facility, perfectly timed in early 2021. Through all of this, his focus has been to provide a human-focused approach to strength and conditioning to help every athlete that he has the opportunity to work with reach their true athletic potential and extend their careers for as long as possible. He does this through his four coaching keys, open communication, accountability, constant evolution, and collaboration. And today we're collaborating on a really fun conversation. So buckle up. This is going to be a fun ride. I hope you enjoy the episode. Real quick, our goal here at the podcast is for these episodes to provide techniques, tools, skills, strategies, and inspiration that can help any coaching practice be more profitable. But you want your practice to be more profitable. And while you can get all kinds of great things from this episode and any episode of Profit for Coaches, what will help you even more is advice, guidance, and action steps designed around your unique situation, your life, your practice, your goals, your challenges. How can we best help you with that? The quickest way to get you exactly what you need for your practice is for you to head over to ProfitforCoaches.com. When you're there, click on and grab your Profitable Practice Scorecard. It's absolutely free. It just takes a few minutes. Fill out the scorecard. It will let us know exactly where your practice is and where you want it to go and what you're dealing with. Once you've done that, you'll get a response that tells you exactly what you can do next. The action steps you can take to make your practice more profitable and get you where you want your practice to be as soon as possible. So head on over to ProfitForCoaches.com and grab your Profitable Practice Scorecard today. Kenny so welcome to the show. Great to have you here. How's it going? Man, thanks so much for having me. It's going really well. I appreciate you inviting me on. You and I crossed paths, I feel like it was a couple of years ago. I don't think you'd started your gym yet. And it was very brief. It was, a, you know, I wanted to do a market assessment or something. And um, I don't even know if we actually sat down and had the long conversation, but that's how we first got to know each other. I started sort of following you on social media and, and liking what you're doing. And now you've got your own gym. Well, it's not a gym. It's a high performance center, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So you've got your own high performance center. You're working with professional athletes. 
living the dream. And I think as, as we, as I said, when I reached out to you, you, cause you had just posted something about going through five years of grind after coming to Calgary and, and all of that. And, and I had said, you know, you're basically your traditional overnight success. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Five, five years of work behind the scenes that nobody sees. And then all of a sudden you're an overnight success. So, so tell us a little bit about those, those five years. How'd you get to become the great and wonderful Kenny do so that you are today? Well, I appreciate that. But uh, first many more than five years, actually, like I was a little bit of a weird case in the strength and conditioning industry. What you see a lot is athletes that, you know, like they have their athletic career and then, you know, they decide to transition to being a strength coach after their career finishes, you know, just as something to do. If I competed at a high level, for a long time. I know how to train other people to do it too, right? It's kind of the thought process for a lot of people. For me, this was the day one thing. Like, right, I think I was 13 the first time I turned to my parents and said, I want to run a gym one day and I want to coach athletes for a living. Needless to say, them in the beginning, along with many, many other people thought that was nuts because that's not really a way that a lot of people make a living. So, uh, you know, I had a lot of people telling me that it was the wrong way to go. It was, you know, a path that's not going to lead anywhere and all of that kind of stuff. For a long time, I kind of let that get to me. You know, I, I actually started university in a modern languages degree and realized about like 24 seconds into that, that I hated that and didn't want to do it. Uh, and then it was about a month of not really going to class class and being miserable taking this degree that I didn't want to take to get a degree I didn't want to get a job I didn't want to live the life I didn't want that I went this is dumb and changed majors into what I actually wanted to do, which was sports studies and athletic development, which has led me down the path that I'm on now. The big thing coming to Calgary, what really changed it was I moved to I moved to Calgary in 2017 and I started at this gym called the Athlete Factory where it was essentially up to me to build a clientele. So I came to Calgary kind of with the mindset of like, oh, give it a try for a few months and see. And, you know, worst case, if it doesn't work out, I'll move somewhere else in like four to six months and just take a couple of good lessons from that time. First day that I walked in the door, I realized very quickly, it was like, okay, I'm in a facility with 30 coaches. Six or seven of them were pursuing PhDs in the field of elite performance in some way or another. We had a kid who got drafted in the first round of the NHL draft. We trained a UFC fighter there. We trained all kinds of athletes that I sort of, you know, I walked in the first day, saw all of this and realized I can't let this go. Like I, I need to, I need to make this work <laughs> and immediately shifted my mentality. I grew up with very much, uh, you know, life happens to you mentality. And then coming here was very much where that shifted to you make life happen for yourself. And, um, so that was one of the big ones for me that, you know, I was in this place and I realized that like, I couldn't just be here for three months, leave and take a lesson or two. I had to stay and I had to absorb everything I could. And that really shifted it that it's like, if I'm going to stay here, I need to make it happen. Nobody's going to come and hand me a clientele that's going to pay me enough money to survive. So I need to figure it out. Um, and then that's where, like you mentioned uh, that post about, you know, grinding through the last five years to kind of get to where I'm at now really began. Uh, Cause work aside, there was a lot of stuff I needed to work on. There's still a lot of stuff I need to work on, but I very much was not confident in myself as a person. So like there was a lot of things just from the mental standpoint. And, you know, it stemmed from years of people telling me that the career I wanted was unrealistic and I should give up on it. Uh, it came from years of, you know, I was never the, a great athlete myself. So people always thought it was kind of weird that, you know, you never really competed at high levels. So what makes you think that you're going to be able to coach professional athletes? Uh, and it just, there was, yeah, it was a lot of stuff that it stemmed from, but it was a lot of stuff mentally for myself that I really needed to get through and get past. And, uh, 
the last five years, honestly, more than anything has been a journey through that of like, Hey, you've been doing this for a long time. You need to be more confident in yourself. And then basically pumping that mentality through my ears as much as I could over the last five years, as I continued to grow at that gym and then move on to start my own business and then actually open my own gym through COVID as well. <laughs> Picked a perfect time. Oh yeah. No uncertainty whatsoever in that. Picture. Yeah. That's what everybody told me when I was opening the gym <laughs> in the middle of the shutdown. They're like, Oh, you know, this is such a smart idea. This is exactly what you should <laughs> be doing right now. <laughs> right. So just no, no doubters at all in that one. <laughs> continuing the refrain that you've heard your whole life. You're absolutely yeah, on the right path. This is okay. For those of you who can't tell by our facial expressions, because you can't see us, this is neck deep in sarcasm. <laughs> um, cool. So there's a couple of things there that they're that really interesting to me that I wanted to, to jump on. And the first one is, is figuring out very early, this doesn't work for me. And you had said that when you were, so when you were 13, you're like, Hey, I want to do this. Yeah. And your family was like, wow, that's cute. Pot. You know, I'm, I'm sure they got the, Oh, you know, better go start lifting the weights then. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it was like, okay, but what do you really want to be when you grow up? Okay. When are you going to get serious about picking a career or doing a, doing a thing? And then at some point you bought the story. You're like, yeah, they're right. This is probably not the safest, smartest thing to do. I will, I will be the responsible, the responsible child or the, the good child. Listen to my parents and, and go to school for, and get a degree that, I mean, Arguably, modern languages is a degree that has some applicability, but who knows for sure? Like, I was going to be a linguistics kid for about five minutes. So, <laughs> but anyway, so at some point you bought that story, you went to university, and you really quickly went, This isn't going to work. And the thing that I like about that is you didn't then go, But I'll keep doing it anyway, or I'm going to keep the grind on until I find something better, or I can't think of anything else better to do. You said, This isn't going to work. I'm going to do this other thing. And how hard was that? Um, well, first, I just want to say, like, from, you know, the standpoint of parents, friends, everybody growing up that sort of didn't think this career was realistic. Over time, too, it's like I've come to understand a lot more. It's like that comes from a really good place. So, like, anybody absolutely I'm not trying to say yep. that, you know, like, oh, I had to battle against these terrible people telling me nothing. It's like, no, I fully understand why. Because, like, when people pursued this career, they didn't end up going anywhere with it. They didn't end up. Know, achieving anything with it. So when people are telling me, you know, hey, this isn't a realistic thing to pursue, it comes from a good place. Like I get why they're coming in and saying those things. It's like, but then I think the biggest realization for me was I was working hard to go on to a path that I didn't want. And it's like, it kind of just seemed pointless. Whereas like, you know, I understood that, you know, you can get a job and it'll make you money. It's like, but I'm going to wake up every day and do something I hate or not even hate, but do something that I don't really want to do. That's pointless. Like, why would I not try to do the thing that I actually want to do? And then if that doesn't work out, well, then at 25, 26, 27, I can always turn around and do something else then. Right. Um, but as far as how hard that was, that was like, that was, I don't even know how to describe it. It was extremely difficult because, you know, you're basically telling everybody that you've told, hey, I'm going to follow the path that everybody thinks I should follow and turning around and being like, hey, you know, that thing you guys all thought was a bad idea. It's like, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Like, <laughs> I'm going to do that. Yep. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I remember having co those conversations with a lot of people when they said like, well, why can't you just do that as a hobby? Like in the evenings after you get off work, and I was like, well, yep. like, why would I not want to take a shot at doing the hobby full time? Like, why would I not want to yeah. try? And then if it doesn't work going back to school for, you know, education or languages or whatever is always yeah. there, but why would I not want to at least give it a shot? 
to do the thing I actually want to do. Actually, I didn't ask, where did you grow up? Where, where did all this happen? Because it wasn't Calgary. Um, yeah. So I grew up in Ottawa. Okay. And, so, and then I went to university at Bishop's University out in the Eastern Townships in Quebec. Okay. Um, and then moved back to Ottawa for a year and then moved out here, uh, moved out here a year after that. Gotcha. Okay, cool. So why did you decide to come to Western Canada? Uh, purely for the job at the gym. I was in Ottawa. I'd been through a couple of difficult moments, uh, lost a relationship that I'd been in for six years, which like at the time in my head was, you know, this devastating, horrible thing that happened. But again, over time realized yeah. And like nothing against her whatsoever, but realized we were just wrong for each other. So that was probably the best thing that ever could have happened to me. Um, and then I had lost a job at a gym that was like really not a good job. Like I had a, I had like $800 a month coming in or something, but in my head, it was my only, it's, I mean, yep. the job that I was like yep. the career I was trying to pursue. So, you know, I was in a pretty dark place and I sat down on my computer one day and basically Googled strength and conditioning jobs, Canada and sent out, I can't even remember how many resumes at this point. And the athlete factory was the only one that got back to me. So, it, so that was when I decided, okay, I guess I'm coming to Calgary. <laughs> cool. Fair enough. So you came to Calgary, you came to the athlete factory and right into the deep end and immediately realized you loved the water. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Like, cause it sounds like you weren't coming from the best place of, Hey, I'm, I'm on that successful career path. I've had, I have this string of successes behind me and you get there and you see what's going on. You're like, it's not just like you'd walked in and someone was just dumping knowledge on you and giving you all of this great stuff and saying, here's success on a plate. Yeah. It was simultaneously, there's a ton of knowledge to be had here. There's a ton of opportunity here, but also this is sink or swim. I got to do this myself. Yeah. A hundred percent. And the coaches there were really good about helping with that stuff. Okay. But it was very clear. I think the thing that hit me the hardest was before then I'd never actually seen the path. Right. It's like, I knew I wanted this as a career and I had all these people telling me that, you know, it's not really realistic. And I had bought it because I've never really known anyone that's made that into a really good career. I've met a couple of people along the way, but like, I don't really have that clear path of like, you want to be a strength and conditioning coach, do this, do this, do this, do this. Right. And you'll achieve it. Whereas when I came in here, it wasn't being handed to me, but it was very clear that it was like, Hey, the tools are here. It's like you have 30 coaches in this building. Probably half of them are making like very, very good livings, coaching either high level or professional athletes mm -hmm. doing exactly what you want to do. Latch on because these people know the path. And if you don't latch onto this, you're going to be thrown back out into nowhere with no guidance in this again. And you're going to have no idea what to do. Gotcha. So a couple of things that I, that I heard there in that, and this is a, a thing that coaches have have to help clients with all the time yeah. is I have this goal. I have this picture that somewhere out there, there is this, this house on a beach, right. Or castle on the cloud or whatever you want to call it. Somewhere out there is this destination, but I have no idea how to get there. I've, there's gotta be a way to get from here to there, but no one has ever shown me a map. All I see is dark forests. And everybody tells me that if you go that way, there are creatures that will eat you. And so getting somebody who can show, you no, know, there is a map here. It is we've walked this path. We have the scars from the creatures. Yeah. They'll try to eat you, but you can beat them off. Like all of that is there. And it, yeah. it changes your life. Once you, yeah. once you realize something is possible is like, and there's a difference between dreaming that something could be possible and then realizing this is actually possible. That changes how you approach 
what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's exactly what happened to me there was it was the first time that I had met people that, like you said, had actually walked that path, had actually mm-hmm. done something within this field. And, you know, it had kind of changed my perspective of going like, yeah, it would be really cool to do this one day to like, yes, I can actually do this one day. Like yep. this, is, I can make my living like this because here's proof 15 times over in this building that it's possible. Yep. So gave you, gave you some hope and some faith. Yeah, exactly. And like, uh, you know, within that post too, that you were talking about in the beginning, you know, I said, I was like, even in the beginning, I had realized that, but in my head, I still didn't belong. Right. right? So like in my head, I was still that kid that lost the crappy job back in Ottawa and mm-hmm. was going nowhere. It's like, but I like walking into that building, I was like, Oh, fake it till you make it. Like <laughs> I gotta, I gotta, I gotta pretend that I belong here so that nobody sees that I don't. And then over time that just sort of started building for me that I realized like, no, you know what? Like I do belong here. This has been what I've wanted to do my entire life. Mm-hmm. None of these people have incredible things that I can't have. Like right. I need to work on them, but none of these people have something that I don't, if that makes sense. Right. Yep. In the world of coaching and of the expert, the expert world and help industry, there is always the the conversation around what's the difference between a coach and a mentor, and do you need one or the other or both, and et cetera. And especially in the in the business world, and I'm not sure. Well, it sounds like you get it somewhat in the athlete world too, but in the world of business. You have a ton of people who are like, if you haven't built a multi-million dollar company, you can't tell somebody else how, right? And it's like, well, and then if you haven't, you know, if you're not Wayne Gretzky, you know, you you can't teach someone how to how to skate and shoot the puck. It's like, yeah, somebody taught Wayne Gretzky. And also the elite performers tend to be lousy coaches. Oh, right? yeah, absolutely. Cause it comes naturally to them. Yeah, exactly. Right. right. You can't teach someone how to do something if you've never had to learn it mm-hmm. because you could just do it. Right from day one. Well, it's the famous more, more difficult too. It's not that you can't. It's, yeah, it's it's more difficult when you don't have the steps like that, right? Exactly. And some of the most uh, successful in athletics, some of the most successful coaches were the guys who ground out a long, mediocre, or just just slightly above mediocre career. In baseball, it's yeah. the catchers, right? They're so many managers are former catchers. In in fighting, it's guys who were there to a certain level. And then got their heads kicked in a few too many times, and we're like, "Nope, time to retire." Um, uh, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be able to continue thinking, and I think that's where the difference between the coach and the mentors. And actually, it's those guys—the third pairing defenseman, the fourth line grinder, the catcher—that those those guys actually blur the line between coach and mentor. Yeah, the mentor is the person who has been there, who has walked the path, and it sounds like you had quite a few mentors at the Athlete Factory. Yeah folks who have walked the path and can say, Hey, when you get to this point, these types of things are going to happen. Be ready for them. Right. And, and this is how I dealt with it, which might be the best way for you to deal with it might not, but it is, it gives you here's a way, right. Whereas a coach doesn't necessarily have to have walked the path themselves, although many have, or walked a, a similar path, but a coach has picked up. These are the strengths, the skill sets, the abilities that you need to have to accomplish X, Y, or Z, or to get better at X, Y, or Z, right? The strength and conditioning coach very rarely um, is going to put a guy on the ice and go, now you're a, now you're a Stanley Cup winner. He's going to put him on the ice and go, we're going to do a, this drill for the next half an hour. And by the time you're done, your legs are going to be screaming at you, but you will never have somebody beat you on a back check ever again. 
Yeah, exactly. Right. It's like, you know, so for myself, it's like, I'm fully in the gym. I'm not like, I tell all my athletes all the time. I had this conversation with a quarterback I trained uh, just yesterday. I said, you know, like if you ever hear me say, Hey, here's how you throw a football, get out of my gym and don't come back. I've clearly lost my mind. Like, that's not my role. Like if you hear me saying stuff like that, I'm not like, you, you should be done with me. Right. It's like, whereas my role is teach you how to better use your hips, better move in a rotational pattern, people like put together all the pieces of the puzzle that allow your quarterback coach to teach you how to better throw a football. Yeah. Right. Because if you don't have the strength in your shoulder or you don't have the strength through your core that when you rotate, you don't have the power to put behind the ball. No matter how good your quarterback coach is, you're not going to be a good quarterback because you won't be able to throw the ball far. Yeah. You don't have the tools. And so it's like my job is not building a quarterback or building an MMA fighter or building a hockey player. My job is building an athlete. And the better you are as an athlete, just your ability to move your strength, your power, your speed, all of that, then whatever sport you compete in, Mm -hmm. your sport coaches have a better athlete to build into a better competitor specific to that sport. Right. So you're going to be a good, a good coach on strength and conditioning and, and elite performance. And Hey, Tom Brady would be a great mentor for that kid. Right. Yeah. But he's not necessarily a great strength and conditioning coach in fact, or high performance coach. In fact, he has his own, he used several. Right. Um, so cool. So why does somebody come, come to work with you to begin with? What is it that they think their problem is? So generally for like clients of mine, I mean, mm-hmm. um, generally as a rule, again, so my business, I niched down a lot over the last couple of years to hockey players, football players, and combat sports athletes. So mm-hmm. MMA, boxing, Muay Thai, uh, and then a few jujitsu athletes recently too, which is cool because it's a whole new kind of sport. But uh, generally people come to me with an issue. So it's like if they're, if they've come off of a competition and, you know, let's use an MMA fighter as an example. They come out of a fight and they realize that, you know, hey, going into that third round, I just had no energy left whatsoever. That's a problem because not that I've ever been in a fight myself, but I can only imagine if you've got someone trying to punch you and kick you in the head, not having energy to get out of the way probably is going to make that go badly for you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And, you know, so as an example, or like a hockey player will come to me with like, hey, I got cut from the AAA team this year, or I got cut from, you know, my junior A team this year. And they told me I was too small. So then they're coming to me to fix that issue, right? They're coming to me because they need to make sure that the next time they fight, they've got energy for the full three rounds and they're not coming into the third round exhausted and then getting beaten up. Or they're coming to me because they got cut from their team because they were too small. So they need to get bigger, get stronger so that when they go back to those tryouts next year, they're going to show the coaches, I'm not too small anymore. You want me on your team and then they can continue their career. What's the biggest key to that person who, whether they want, they want to get bigger, they, they want to build more energy, whatever they whatever they think their physical challenges that they need help overcoming. What's the biggest key to success in working with you? Consistency, a thousand percent. Like it's, nobody's going to be perfect. Like mm-hmm. in the strength and conditioning industry, we've got long standing people that love to, you know, debate if the front squat or the back squat is better, or, you know, this type of lift versus that type of yeah. lift, or, you know, conditioning in this way versus conditioning in that way. It's like, if you're coming in regularly and you're doing a subpar program, but you're doing it three times a week without fail, you're giving it everything you've got, you're trying your best, you're putting, you're taking what you're learning in the gym and applying it to your sport, Mm -hmm. you're going to get better results than the guy who has the perfectly scientifically built program and half-asses it. Yeah. 
right? So it's like, if you want success, the number one thing over anything else as an athlete is consistency. You've got to show up, like nobody's going to come and hand you a professional sports contract if you're not working hard for it. Gotcha. Yeah. So you are, obviously there's more to go into it, you know, based on what you're doing in the gym and all of that, but it's like overarching over anything else. Like, even if you're not doing the best things in the gym, if you're doing them consistently and you're doing them more than the guy who's doing the perfect thing in the gym, but it's only showing up once a week, Mm -hmm. you're going to beat him. Gotcha. So you're of the George Patton school of thought that a, a good plan properly executed beats the perfect plan too late. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So then you've gone through, like I said, it's been more than five years. Started started when you were 13 and, and okay, this is the direction I want to go. But the last five years in Calgary has been grinding, knowing, okay, it's possible. I'm going for it. I'm going to bust my butt till I get there. What's your secret to the level of success you've gotten to at this point? Um, so the biggest thing, honestly, it's self-awareness and honesty with myself. Okay. Right. It's like I, what I see a lot, and this is with coaches and with athletes, what I see a lot is people that, you know, they talk like they're up here. They talk, you know, I'll see like a 15 year old kid come into the gym and he talks like, you know, he's the best 15 year old (laughs) hockey player to ever walk the earth. But then I say, Hey, you know, like, okay, so we've got tryouts in six months. So we're going to like, let's build the plan together. And then they go, Oh, uh, actually like I can't train because you know, I'm, uh, I'm busy with school and you're like, okay, like you want to, you want to make the triple A team next year, but you don't want to put any effort into it. It's like, whereas like for myself, it was very much like, even when I was in university, I was coaching for free, like players on the rugby team, basketball team, soccer team, hockey team, football team at the school. Mm -hmm. Um, And in my head, I was really good. You know, I, I thought I was doing these like, you know, perfect programs and all of that. And like, oh, like when I go to the athlete factory, like oh, I'm going to walk in and I'm going to fit right in because I know all this stuff. Uh-huh. And that was kind of the surface level thought in my brain. And then again, it was that first day when I walked in and I went, wow, I don't know anything <laughs> because I was, you know, for the first time I was around people who knew more. Mm-hmm. Not that what I was doing in university was terrible. Like I was still, you know, helping people get stronger and they were improving, but like it was level one of about level 60. Right. Gotcha. So it's like, but then instead of walking into that gym and being like, yeah, well, like I spent time working with all these university athletes. I walked in there and I said, wow, I don't know anything. I need to sit down, shut up and learn. <laughs> right. And, and continuing with that attitude. It's like, even, you know, five years later now working with professional athletes, working with the people that I've got the privilege to work with, I don't try to act like I'm more than I am. I don't try to act like, you know, I'm, you know, the world's greatest coach and everyone needs to sit down and learn from me. I realize that I'm still just me. I'm still improving myself. There are still tons of people out there that know way more than I do that I need to learn from. Mm-hmm. I've got more knowledge now that I feel like I can pass on to other people, but I'm not trying to pretend that I'm more than I am. And so I'm not trying to, you know, show anybody like, oh, look at me and all my amazing success. I'm trying to just continue to be me and continue to improve on that. Right. Okay. And that's, that's one half of the challenge that people in the, in the transformational helping industry, coaching, et cetera, have is, is the, the realization that, you know what, I can always learn more staying humble and actually going and putting in the work to learn more, getting your own coach, getting your own mentors, um, if you outgrow someone, uh, move, finding someone to, to help push you to the next step, not because they're a bad person or a person that you, you know, don't want to have around anymore, but it's like, okay, I've, you, you're here and this is, this is where you like, this is where you're comfortable, this is where you're growing. I've caught up now or I've gotten to where you specialize in getting people. 
what's my next step? Who can help me get to that, that next place? So that's one thing that a lot of coaches and, and, and trainers and other experts forget to do at some yeah. point. They, they feel like I've arrived. But on the other hand, the other side of that coin is the imposter syndrome, is the going too far into the, I don't know anything. And you've got to walk this line and coaches have to walk this line where I know that I can always get better. I know I can always learn more. I know that there's you know, something that I'm teaching today might turn out to be not the best or, or even flat out wrong later, uh, but I've got clients that I've got to help now and I need to show up with confidence and give them what I've got and not sit there and question, do I even, should I even be doing this? Like when you walked in to, to that first job, you're like, oh crap. I, I know nothing. I don't belong here. But at the same time, you had a job. Your job was not to show up and learn. Your job was to show up and not only get, go out and get clients, but also train them. So how did you, how did you walk that line? Uh, in the beginning, it was very difficult. I'm not going to lie because again, like I have all these people that are, you know, pursuing doctorate level education yep. in this field. So it's like, you know, who am I to come in and be like, Oh, we should do it this way. Or we should do that. Like, but then, you know, again, over time, yeah. Walking that line, like you said, is an extremely difficult piece of that puzzle because, you know, I still remember uh, my first session with a professional athlete and I was sitting in the gym before he arrived and I was like deathly nervous. And then uh, somebody that I was working with at the time told me, Hey, in this space, you're the expert plain and simple. It's like in this space, you know, more than he does. That's why he's coming to you. So don't look at it as, you know, Oh, it's a professional athlete and you need to be nervous. Look at it as you're teaching someone the things you know on how to help them improve. And that's it, right? And it's like, as far as that imposter syndrome too, it's like, I think that's a huge one. And I know it's one that I've battled with a lot and one that a lot of coaches battle with a lot. And I think the biggest thing for me is that, again, when I talk about training on social media or when I talk to my athletes about, you know, things we're doing and all of that, I never put it across trying to say that what I'm doing is perfect. You know, like I'm never going to hand somebody a new program or, you know, now I do it online. So I'm never going to like type up somebody's new program and send it to them and say, Hey, this is the ultimate, you know, strength training for XYZ sport program out there. I'm never going to do that. Like you can go down the street and you can find another coach that can get you good results. Mm period. And if any other coach is telling you that you can't, they're lying. You know, everybody out there has a skill set in this industry. So who am I to try to say that mine is, you know, heads and shoulders above everybody else's. Instead, I just spend my time focusing on, I have an athlete in front of me. This athlete has XYZ problem. They're competing on this date. How do I think that we can take the next, however much time we have and use that to the best of our abilities to put the best version of that person into their competition on this day? As long as the focus stays there, well, then a year from now, when I'm doing things entirely differently than I am right now, I don't have them turning back and being like, well, you said that, you know, this, this, and this was the best thing ever, because I'm always open and honest about the fact that I'm always learning. So we're doing this and this is why we're doing this. This is why I've structured it the way I have. And I do tell athletes often, the chances are a year from now, we're going to look back and I'm going to laugh at this program because what we're doing a year from now is going to be that much better, right? It's like, but you want somebody in my head that has that mentality because I'm never sitting here saying, Hey, everybody. I'm the God of strength and conditioning. Come learn from me. I'm sitting here and I'm saying, Hey, I've got a lot of experience, pretty confident in what I do, but I also know that I make a lot of mistakes and a year from now, I'm going to be better than I am today. (laughs) What I've got for you today is better than what you've got. And 
a year from now, we'll both have something even better than that. Exactly. And I think the other big thing that I always try to bring myself that I think, not that other coaches don't bring, but I think that I try to make sure that I bring to continue to try to separate myself within the industry is care. It's like, it's not about my program. It's not about, you know, you have to follow exactly what I do to the letter. It's us working together. Right. And it's like you, so it's like, I, I hear that a lot from my athletes is that like, one thing that they notice with me is that I go above and beyond from a personal standpoint, not necessarily from a programming standpoint. It's like what you're getting with me is not going to be fancy in the gym, but what you're getting with me is somebody who's truly invested in trying to put the best version of you into your competition, not trying to prove that, you know, my way is better than his way or her way. It's just focused on you. Yeah. So I come from a position and, and it sounds like you do too, maybe haven't used these words, but it's, it's basically all of the information is out there somewhere. Anybody can, everything, you know, anybody can go out and get, if they want to dig hard enough, do enough work and they'll dig through a ton more information than you have. And then they have to go through the process of figuring out, okay, what if this information is the right information for me? How do I apply it? Et cetera. That all can be done. That's not a problem. The, the, what makes you unique isn't what you know, it isn't necessarily even how you do it, the problem that you solve, how you solve the problem. There's at least a hundred different people out there that solve the problem that you solve for the same types of people that you solve it for. But what is your unique selling proposition? What makes you unique and different is the fact that it's you and it's how it comes through you. And the people that that like, like the way and resonate with the way that you show up and get the best results because of the way you show up, those are going to be your great clients. Those are the ones you're going to have amazing results with. And they're going to go tell everybody, Kenny's the man, right? Exactly. And like, that's something too. It's like, no, I looked it up the other day because I had somebody, uh, I had, I watched a video about like, uh, it was like SEO online and how like, you know, your goal should be when somebody searches your service in your area, you should be the first one to show up. I looked it up. I, I searched strength and conditioning in Calgary. And I think I was search number 47 on Google. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So it's like this market's saturated, like whether you're looking for someone in person or whether you're looking for someone online, I'm not going to sit here and try to sugarcoat it. There are so many options out there. Like, yep. I, you know, that is not, not at all what makes me unique, of course. But exactly like you said, it's like, to me, it's me. Right. And then again, to every other coach, that's going to be them. And that's one of the hardest things I think I've learned over the time running a business when obviously a client leaving is money out of your pocket. The hardest thing I've learned is not every client works with well with every coach. No. Right. So it's like if a client leaves instead of, oh my God, how awful, how am I going to pay rent next month? It's okay. That wasn't the right client for me. Move on to the next one. Yeah. And that the biggest struggle that I see with coaches, especially ones who are new and I don't know, maybe what you just described it is, is not just the having the freak out about, okay, that client just left. That's how am I going to pay my rent or, or, you know, that's, that's food out of my mouth. Um, the concept of what if you never brought that client in to begin with, because you found out early that they weren't a good fit for you, right? But we're, yeah. we're so focused on, I need the money that will work with anybody because I can do something for you, right? Even though yeah. we might look at them and know full well, this is going to suck. Like this guy's going to take a ton of energy. He's not going to do what I tell him to do. By the time we're done six, six months from now, he's not going to have great results. He's going to blame me for it, assuming he doesn't quit before then. Um, but you know what? He's willing to pay me right now. <laughs> and you know, eating something besides ramen really looks good right now. So I'll take that client. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think actually, funny enough, this brings me back to something you said earlier, which I wanted to come back to anyway, but that's where I think, you know, 
the mentors come into place. Yeah. Right. And that's been a huge shift for me, even just over the last three months, I started a coaching program. The program's built around helping online fitness coaches. So I work online and I work in person. So, Mm -hmm. but it's very much related to my field. Like I've worked with some business coaches before that didn't really understand that. Like my goal as a coach is not to have someone run through a six week program and then <laughs> later like, yep. like, Oh, you need to guarantee X results in Y amount of time. And it's like, when it comes to training high performance athletes, that just doesn't work. Like I can't be like, Hey, come train with me. And in three years, you'll be in the NHL. Like there's, no. there's too many other factors. Like I can never put that on paper and say, you do this, you'll achieve this. Like yeah. it's just not the way it works. But then when I joined this program, you know, these guys have built businesses within the fitness industry and they like, this is what I decided to do to help take myself to the next level in that way as well. Because, you know, from the business side, I spent the last three years building a business through a pandemic, opening my first ever high performance facility in the middle of COVID shutdowns. I have not had more than three hours of business training. And they were from, uh, like I had one business coach that we went to with the athlete factory who was quite good. And then other than that, I've had people that didn't really understand the industry kind of telling me, this is what you need to do. And it just never really resonated with me. Whereas these guys had built businesses within this industry. They built two seven figure businesses in the fitness industry. So I thought, okay, if I'm going to sign up for a business coaching program, this is the one. Right. And their whole program is about you've got to talk to the person that fits your avatar, like, like build your perfect client. And that's who you speak to, right? It's like, my goal is to work with high performance athletes. So when you see me online, I'm talking to high performance athletes. Right. And so that shift is the next thing for myself. That's putting me to the next level that I'm working on doing is just niching down and building all those little separate parts around just the coaching yep. that's going to help me elevate the business as well. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, A, I'm glad you got a coach. It sounds like a couple of coaches and mentors that are helping you in that. It sounds also like you spent a lot of time walking through what I call the wilderness of the bros, which are the online bro marketers, many of whom now deride the online bro marketers because they've realized that they created this persona and they started getting pushback on it. And so now they've, um, and it's, it's funny for me to see some of those guys talking about it. I'm like, dude, you were the original bro marketer. Um, but that's you. Right. Um, But they really are the guys who their thing is you need to have a six week or a, or 90 day program that you can sell for 5k, 10k, whatever it is, run pay-per-click traffic to a landing page, sell it quick. Like, and that model's out there. That model makes, it can still make a lot of money, but if you're actually a coach, you're actually someone who wants to work with your clients and create that transformation. And you're not just, I just want to create a, an, an info product business that I can just sell high ticket and, and hire a bunch of setters and hire a bunch of closers and et cetera, et cetera. If that's not what you want, if you're like, no, I actually want to be in there working with clients, um, that world doesn't work for you. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's where profit for coaches and all of that comes from is, is, is like, Hey, that's a perfectly fine industry, but for people like you, like me, like most of my clients who aren't looking to scale to nine figures, right? Maybe there's a different way. So I'm glad you're one of those folks. I'm glad you're working with folks who, who understand that. Um, it's great to go, but you're working on great things. You 
you coach online, you coach in your, your facility, where can people find you? Like how, how does somebody go, okay, Kenny sounds like an interesting dude. How do I get a cup of coffee with him? Uh, well, first, like in that program, again, that I was talking about the coaching program, they like, you know, they build out those, you know, like run a 14 day challenge to attract the right people yeah. and all that. It's like, but what I gather that I really like from it is they've taken sort of that, like you said, like the bro marketing kind of style. Uh-huh. But then they've built that into something that actually delivers the value that you're trying to get, right? It's like you start with this 14-day challenge, you start with this 16-week program. It's like, but the goal is to create an actual lifestyle change that you then can transition clients into month-to-month coaching that is going to continue them on, yeah. you know, over the long term, right? So it's yeah. Yeah, it's just a phenomenal program. I can't say enough good things about it. But cool. uh, as far as people finding me, uh, the easy ways are online. So I'm trying to be very, very active on social media. Uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook would be the top three, probably. Okay. So uh, I can give the handles. Yeah, we'll, and all we'll throw all those links in the, in the show notes. All those, and they're perfect. I won't bother spelling it out or anything. Yeah, that's totally fine. Those are definitely the top three. And again, you know, like, yeah, that's going to be kind of the top three places to find me. And, you know, the people, again, if you're listening to this and you're thinking, if you're a parent of a kid that is wanting to pursue a career in high level sport, if you're a coach and you coach a team of, you know, young athletes that are, that you've got some kids that are trying to pursue high level sports, anything like that. The biggest thing I can say is for myself, I always just love the conversation. It's like, Mm -hmm. I love this industry. I love being in this world. I love meeting people. It doesn't have to turn into, you know, business for me. If it does, obviously fantastic. It's like, but if it's not the right fit, I'm not going to try to force anything on anybody. Mm -hmm. I love just having conversations. So if there's anything you want to ask me, anything you want to talk to me about, reach out on one of those platforms. And I'm always happy to chat about anything like that. Cool. So what are you most excited about right now? Uh, the biggest one for me right now is the online coaching. Okay. Because um, for a long time, I talked very badly about it. I didn't like <laughs> it at all. Uh, because in my head, online coaching meant I write up a program on a Word document, I email it to you, and then four weeks later, I ask you how it's going. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to myself, as we've, I hope is evident through this conversation, (laughs) I feel like I can bring a lot more to a client than that. So I don't like the idea of just throwing something at them and going, good luck. Okay, (laughs) figure it out. Good luck. (laughs) Um, Whereas through COVID, I found an app called Train Heroic, uh, actually through a friend of mine, Jeff Lavecchio, that I interviewed on my own podcast. Um, And I found this app. And essentially what it allows me to do is build out training programs on my computer. Mm. But then they include videos and they include coaching cues within every video. So I can send somebody now instead of a program saying, you know, squat, bench press, deadlift, yep. squat, there's a video of the squat. And then I could type in myself when you're doing the squat, focus on these four things to yep. make sure that your technique is on. And I can do that for every exercise. So now I feel like when I'm sending that program off, mm-hmm. they have me, they don't just have a bunch of exercises to do. Right. And then within that online system as well, what I've started doing over the last few years is developing that even more to the point of, I have communication access for online clients. I have, you know, they can send me videos to review with them. I have weekly check-ins that are going to be starting to go out. And so I really feel like the online stuff I'm developing into a service where I feel like if you're working with me online, you get as much of me as you do when you're working with me in my facility. 
Gotcha. And you're working with people like in the facility, obviously it's people in the Calgary, Southern Alberta area online all over the world or. Um, yeah. So actually I got my first international athlete two months ago. He lives in New Zealand, okay, which is super cool. Uh, and then I've got a meeting later today with two different athletes that live. One is in Texas and one is in Colorado. Cool. Uh, and then later this month, I'm going to be meeting with another athlete that lives in Holland. Uh, so if all goes well, you know what, when all goes well, by the end of this month, we'll have athletes in four different countries. So it's like, and that in itself is just such a cool thing to me that it's like, I love the world we live in for that reason. It's like never before would I have been able to work with athletes around the world, yeah. right? It's like in-person personal training and strength conditioning is stuck to you can scale however many hours you it can, can be in the gym. It's like, whereas now it's like, I feel like I can deliver the same value because I'm not in it to make money just for the sake of making money. I want to actually deliver a good service, yep. but I can do that literally worldwide. And I just, I, that's so cool to me. I just, I absolutely love that. That's awesome, man. Well, cool. This has been an amazing conversation. Um, I, and actually we're going to have to have another one because I know there's a number of things that, uh, that I know you have a lot of interest in and a lot of skill with that I want to talk to you about, but this has been great. I've enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for being here. Once again, we'll put all of your links down in uh, in the show notes, but uh, website or... Yeah. So the website actually is a fantastic tool now as well. In the beginning, I made it myself, which was, uh, let's just say it left a lot to be desired. Uh, but I hired Greg with the image stop and he... Uh, I know you know him and I just want to make sure I put his name out there too because he did an incredible job rebuilding it for me. Um, and so www.coachduso.com. You can learn about, well, you can find all of my social media channels. You can find my podcast that I interview coaches and athletes around the world about all things athlete development. You know, anything that is important to me that I try to stress with my athletes usually comes through that podcast. Beautiful. Um, and then you can learn all about my services too, all about the in-person, the online, everything that I offer. And uh, yeah, you can get in touch with me there too. And like I said, get in touch and have a conversation. Love discussing this kind of stuff with people. So awesome. So basically anything anyone ever needs to know about Can You Do So, they will be able to find on your website. Yeah. <laughs> Those links will be in the show notes. Thanks, man. I appreciate having you here. It's been a great ride. That's it for this episode of Profit for Coaches. I've been your host, Joss Willard. To make sure you never miss a new episode, go to ProfitForCoaches.com to subscribe now. You'll also find all the show notes, resources, guides, links, freebies, and other goodies that we mentioned on the show. Plus, we've got some special bonuses there just for our subscribers. So to make sure you profit fully from this and each new episode of Profit for Coaches, go to ProfitForCoaches.com now.